0: guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is August 28th. The Bucks avoided another sweep this afternoon. That's the 10th time this season the Pirates have won the final game of a series to prevent a sweep. Add that they have been swept nine times and, well, you know what kind of season this has been. We do, however, have a packed show this week from an O'Neill Cruise record-breaking single, some general MLB stuff to talk about. Stick around for this one, guys. It's going to be a little bit of fun. Let's go, Bucks. My name is Josh, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Jake. What's going on, Jake? How we doing, man? Doing all right. Yeah? We got a win on Rowanzi Day. Yeah. So, I,
1: didn't, I didn't get to watch a lot of it today, but I was playing ball.
0: Yeah, I had to uh I had to run my daughter to a birthday party where I knew one person there and he was hosting. <laughs> so it's just one of those things, man. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, I'll just stand here <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully at some point cuz I'm not I'm not going to initiate a conversation." Right. Like I'm just not it's not me. It was fine. Yeah. And then, like, you get into the whole thing, dude. And it, I have to find a way to make this an easier discussion. Oh, hey, have some pizza, I insist. No, no, I'm good. No, 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 have some pizza. And I was like, here we go. Pizza tastes like burnt mm-hmm. sewage. <laughs> Why? Listen, I really did not want to spend the next 10 minutes talking about myself. Can we please <laughs> just stop <laughs> o- just stop offering me food? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's really bad. Yeah, I know. It's been bad for a year and a half. Let's not talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it was good. They're very nice people, as I found out. So it was fine. But I'm like following along on my phone and I saw the beginning and then I, that was about it. So
1: um, I'm trying to make sure I tune in every time that Ronzi's pitching, but I just didn't have a chance today.
0: Yeah. Um, Between getting,
1: between starting to pack stuff up for the move and, yeah had games and yeah you understand that wasn't able to watch
0: so speaking of all that i said in the intro there 10th time this season the pirates have won the final game of a series to prevent a sweep and they've been swept 9 times now to combine that we a have lot. two we have swept a team twice and we have lost the final game of a series going for the sweep Twice, we've only been in position to sweep a team four times,
1: 50%.
0: and we and we're fifty percent successful at finishing a sweep. But nineteen times we've been in position to be swept, fifty percent, pretty much. <laughs> Which actually kind of um, that kind of shows you it's hard to finish a sweep. I mean, fifty percent is fifty percent. Yeah, I bet for most teams it's around fifty percent in those scenarios, you know what I mean? I didn't look yeah. that up, but I bet it's pretty close to that. But either way. Um just, you know, it was all also, you know, seven straight losses. And we've been talking about these losing streaks. Fifth lo- uh um they have the fifth longest losing streak with a 9-game losing streak this season. They also have a 7-game losing streak, two 6-game losing streaks and five-game losing streak tied with the Nationals and Tigers with the most losing streaks of five games or more. Not good. No. And this is what we've been dealing with. And this is what's, you know, it's what we've been experiencing this year. So that's, uh that's about all I can say about this week, right? Yeah. Key Brian oh, Hayes is back. Um, claimed Robert Stevenson from Colorado. Rodolfo Castro served a suspension and by the way, if there's a success story to talk about, it's Rodolfo Castro still hitting well. Mm-hmm. Take away the phone thing, and, the, and, you, and we're not. There's no negativity around this trip back up. Right, it's just right. a lot of good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Jack Sawinski reportedly on his way back. I really thought that we would get some kind of news before we hit record tonight. I'm going to refresh the old tweet box, and it looks like no tweet box. I think there actually is a Twitter like app called Tweetbox, I think. So I'm just, you know, on Twitter. I'm not I'm not probably promoting some app, <laughs> <laughs> some service that gives you Twitter. I'm not doing that. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't know. There's reports of Jack Swinsey coming back. I mean, it's, you know, there's some good ones. I saw a picture. The right Diego Castillo that this picture was kind of surfacing around saying he's going back. So Assuming he's coming back. Um, I didn't really see, uh, you know, when I was looking at the numbers, I I didn't see the numbers weren't there. The results weren't there.
1: Right. And he's still striking out a ton. Uh,
0: I know they say there's there's more to improvements than results. But, like, eventually you'd like to see results (laughs) before you're calling back. Now, if this is a way to say, yeah, but we just got to get rid of Van Meter, then I'm all for it. Absolutely. We can let Swinski work through it here. Yeah. If all they're, you know what I mean? If all they're going to do is, is continue to work with him. I'm okay with that happening here. Mm-hmm. I, I just, we've got to, we've got to move on from what we're seeing. So, right. Um, The Diamondbacks are calling up Corbin Carroll is a name that before this year I was not familiar with. Uh, Boy, they've been raving about this dude all year. So another debut, and we're going to get into that. You know, the only reason I say that right now is he hasn't played yet, but we're going to get into the ones who have a little bit here. Um, and we're also going to get into an extension that was signed this week. And in order to segue into that, Tyler Glass now signed an extension this week, extending him through 2024, so just a little one. He's getting $5.35 million next year, and it jumps to $25 million in twenty four. What do you think of this? I got a little <laughs> <laughs> fly
1: flying around Focus, here. Focus Daniel. Like son. a little one.
0: <laughs> Hopefully he that wasn't too up. loud for the headphone users. Um what do you think of that?
1: Uh it to me it's surprising. Uh yeah. I don't really think he's done anything that great yet.
0: His ERA looks really Body good. Of- yeah, when you look at the ERA and stuff, you're like, "Oh yeah, that looks really good."
1: Dude can't pitch past the fifth inning, even when he was going really, really well. Like, he wouldn't pitch past the fifth inning.
0: Well, it, the other thing is, is he's they're not going to let him. That's the Tampa way. So, if like anything,
1: five million for a guy who can't get through six or seven innings,
0: a guy that they're not willing to get through. Like, that's the way they do it. And so he's, I will say this first. He's kind of the perfect guy for that team. However, not at 25 million. We're not even sure he can pitch without cheating yet. Right. As soon as they made him stop cheating, he got hurt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is why and he, I'm not and sold. He actually on it.
1: said it. it. You know, he actually said that's why. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, this isn't like, something I'm saying. Come on, man. He admitted to. It. He's like, I yeah. can't believe that I'm hurt because they wouldn't let us do. They wouldn't let you cheat, dude. That's what you're saying, yeah. right? And we talked about that. Come on, but I, I just, man, twenty five million. That's
1: a that's steep.
0: And I don't. It didn't even look like it was an option or anything. Now, granted, the Rays could just trade him after the first year. Yeah. Let somebody else pay for that, but it just seemed weird
1: it's going to be hard to trade. him. Well, not if he does well, not if he does well, you're right. If his
0: numbers are there, people are going to say, well, he could probably still throw the sixth inning. Yeah. And then you'll figure that out when he gets there. But (laughs) for him, it's great for, you know, I've, I've always, I've always kind of liked the dude, you know what I mean? But, Mm -hmm. uh, he, you know, and, and say what you want pirates fans. He was never going to be this in Pittsburgh. No, it was never going to work. He was never going to develop, and not because nope. we weren't doing our job, but sometimes a change of scenery just does a lot for somebody. He wasn't that good when he first went there. It was that off season, and then when he came back, his control was a little bit under, but like he had already made the move to the bullpen in Pittsburgh. They weren't going to give him another shot. Like what was done yeah. was done. He just got yeah. another shot there. I don't know. Yep. And, you know, whatever. So that kind of sets us up for some things that we want to talk about here today. Um, and before we do, just to kind of preface what we're expecting here, we're going to talk. I've already said a little bit about O'Neal Cruz, uh, you know, in the deal. But Cruz, we're going to talk about another extension signed in Seattle. We're going to talk about young players who've made their debuts this year. Uh we're going to talk about a couple baseball things later. Rod Carew, if 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 you guys saw any of the news where Rod Carew was talking about uh, confronting Rob Manfred at the Hall of Fame stuff, we're going to go into that just a little bit. And then we're going to talk about the schedule for next year and kind of break that down. Um, so it's kind of a lot here today, but it's a little change of pace. And I think that we've been kind of needing one of these Change of pace episodes here recently. Mm-hmm. So first, let's get into O'Neill Cruz, hundred and twenty-two point four miles per hour.
1: You know the funny part about this this whole the, the Statcast record is they put it up on the screen. I was watching the game the next day, and they were showing it again. Like they were saying, "Here's the Statcast era records," and it was O'Neill Cruz, one twenty-two point four, Giancarlo Stan, one twenty-two. 2, Giancarlo Stanton, 121.8, Giancarlo Stanton. I'm yeah. like, geez, Luis.
0: <laughs> oh, the dude's a machine. He's he's like ninety percent of that list.
1: They they had they had the top five up there and he was the the, the sec the two, three, four, and fifth.
0: Yeah. There's only there's only now <laughs> four. There's only four players who've hit a ball over 120 in a major league game. Jeez. Do you know who they are? Well you know I two don't, of them. But
1: let me yeah, I know two of them, obviously, and I'm going to guess, I, w- I would guess Acuna. Is that one of them?
0: No, but I was going to okay. let you guess both of them first. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just, He's not one of them, uh, no.
1: Pete Alonso.
0: Nope. I think you're missing one that's obvious that you're just like, oh, duh. Probably. You done?
1: Max Muncy. No.
0: Aaron Judge.
1: Oh, yeah, yep, <laughs> yep, you're right. <laughs> duh.
0: But here's the thing. The other one is Gary Sanchez, and he did it while he was playing with the Yankees.
1: Jeez, their radar guns are off.
0: Their radar guns are off. I mean, those <laughs> those guys are all like men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just. I'm just so, yeah, I mean, and Gary Sanchez, I think, has only done it once. But um, at least the, the list I saw, he was only yeah, on. I wouldn't there have once. guessed him. I really yeah. wouldn't have guessed him. Yeah, but I mean, I just was like, really? Until yeah. the other day, it was only Yankees. <laughs> Because I think he did it while he was playing for the Yankees, not this year, (laughs) which is just wild. But I mean, it's not surprising when you have Stanton and Judge on the same team that sure it's going to be those two guys. And then come to think of it, like why not O'Neill Cruz? I know he's not as thick as those guys, but man, height makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, it does. Absolutely.
0: So, this is a cool thing, right? Yeah, it's It's not. It doesn't mean a whole lot except for the fact that that is still a wow moment. Like he's still mm-hmm. the fact that he can do that and he's done yeah. it in only 54 games or whatever it was at the time. And, yeah. and you're like, Hey, this dude's played in just over 50 games and he already has the hardest throw by an infielder and the hardest ever hit is hit. Not ever like right. our hardest ever hit recorded by Statcast. Um, yeah.
1: 2015?
0: Yeah, 2015. So, you know, some people say, like, well, maybe the hardest ever. Well, yeah, maybe. And, like, the uh, argument yeah. isn't that Babe Ruth hit one like that because th- the balls they used back then, you probably right. didn't. Right. You know? <laughs> it, but, but it Maguire doesn't mean that. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't mean that McGuire didn't. Right. Or, or you know, any of or those Vaughan's number like... of those guys that that would hit the ball like that. However, you know, Maybe. I just don't care. Right. It's just easier to say in, recorded by StatCast. Right. So.
1: I, I like to think of it as it only took that ball three seconds to hit off the wall. From bat to wall, like three seconds.
0: Yeah, and you know what else? It's incredible. incredible. Um, you know, you know, for any comments like, oh, yeah, and it was a single. That goes to show a little bit. Like, when, when you see that big wall out there, this isn't the green monster. That's not a short porch. No. Yeah. You got to earn it. Like, it's not a short porch. I know that it feels that way, but it's really not. That was a home run in 24 parks out yeah. of the 30. And, and then my favorite quote from MLB The Show, Matt Veskirjian Days, and I've, I said this to a couple people, you know, if Clementi wore number 18, that would have been a home run. <laughs> 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 the wall is 21 feet high, and it, it hit maybe – Two feet from the top. You know what I mean?
1: Well, somebody, somebody said that to me too. They said, there was only a single. I said, the ball got to the wall before he was halfway down the line.
0: <laughs> yeah. And when you hit a ball that hard and like, like, like it was written 24 out of 30 parks. Cause he kind of yeah. looked at it for a minute. You know what I mean? Like when he swung yeah. through that, he was like, oh, it's gone. Oh no, it's not. But then like, <clears throat> even once he started running, he was like, I'm not getting two. Right. Like you already know that. So he was just going to jog to his, get his single because there would have been no reason to turn it on there. He was never getting to second base. Right. Never. By the time he took two steps, which means he was halfway to first by the time, (laughs) by the time he took two steps, it was already off the wall.
1: Yeah. And and then you got a Cunha out there to boot. I mean, he's got a cannon.
0: You're not, you're just not going to do it. You're not
1: getting second.
0: No. So (laughs) yeah, just crazy. It is crazy, and it's worth admiring. That yeah. is a freak, and that's a freakish thing to do. However, a lot of comments. Who cares? He's hitting under 200. That's fine. These are two different things. You're allowed to say, I'm amazed by this, even though right. he still hasn't figured the, the total thing out yet. You there, too?
1: Yeah. The, the fact that you can sit back and... Being off on this, yeah
0: so speaking of hitting under 200 is Andy Haynes bad for O'Neill Cruz we have watched and I know that's kind of Vogelbach's thing and maybe Yoshi's thing, but we just we talk about this all the time we watch way too many pitches. are they trying to get Cruz to kind of adapt this type of plate approach because I don't think it works for everybody.
1: You can't. You can't put a cookie cutter anything in the baseball world. Like nothing is a cookie cutter plan. You have to individualize everything for a la everybody. Neil Huntington's
0: pitching uh, development.
1: Yeah, it's just, just. I don't know. You can't. You can't sit back and say, "Oh, everybody's going to have the same load, the same bat path, the same approach, and everything." And expect everybody to hit well. It doesn't work like that.
0: No, but aside that, because right now we're talking about pitch selection and watching pitches and getting deep into counts and things like that. I think when you ju- if you just keep that mindset, if you just keep that argument, I think it mm-hmm. still applies. I think it's not for everybody. Right. A guy like O'Neill Cruz, maybe he's better off hunting. Get in attack mode.
1: Yeah, be aggressive.
0: Don't watch that fastball. Don't wait for them to throw this pitch because you may not get that pitch.
1: Right. I mean, if the pitcher's the pitcher's doing his job, you're not going to see that pitch.
0: No, and the thing so is, you got to get
1: the closest thing you got.
0: And we've seen O'Neill Cruz hit ridiculous balls out. Not yeah. that I want him swinging at those ridiculous balls, but the idea that he needs a certain pitch, I don't think so. No. I think anything that's a strike, he has the ability to hit out. Yeah. So if you can just get him to swing at strikes, all of them.
1: <laughs>
0: not yeah. just not just picking out certain strikes. Get him to avoid balls, but I don't I don't need that guy taking strikes. Now maybe I'm wrong about maybe it.
1: Maybe the one high and tight. Maybe the one high and tight. Uh, yeah. But other than that, let him eat. That's
0: that's kind of where I'm at, man. I just feel like there's too many balls that we're watching go by. And I think that hes so what's happening is the Cruz is getting behind and counts. You want to know why he strikes out 30 percent of the time? Well, he's always behind. Yeah. We're not giving him a shot, because we're sitting here saying, be patient, be patient, watch pitches, watch pitches, Which by the way, is one of the problems in today's game. We'll get into that later.:
1: <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I want my big, I want my big dogs hunting, like you said, hunting. like just I want you to do damage, and I want you to do damage on the first pitch you can do damage on. I don't care if you hit it to right center, left center, down the left field line, down the right. I don't care where. Well, I think You're there David. are
0: some guys you can make a case that it's that it's good for them to be selective, and but those guys are more bat-to-ball guys. Brian Reynolds could actually do that and still hit well. Yeah. Because Brian Reynolds can hit with two strikes. A guy like Joey Votto is capable of that, of going mm-hmm. deep and still being able to hit the ball well. Because he does more than... Uh, and we don't really know. I mean, maybe Cruz does more than power too, but, uh, but that's not the that's not the point. Like, I want him. I want if he flies out to the warning track on a first pitch. I think that's more beneficial than striking out. Yeah. I don't need him to be Andrew McCutcheon on this team. I need him to hit home runs.
1: Yep, I'm with you on that.
0: So for sure. With that said, here we are. At this point in the season, we're still waiting for O'Neill Cruz to happen, and there's been a lot of talk about about our our prospects and how good they are, and and where we are around the league and things like that. And you look across the, the country, and Julio Rodriguez signs a 12 year extension for 210 million, which has the ability with how he finishes in the MVP race and extensions and. And options and all these things to be an 18 year, $470 million contract when it's all said and done. Now, a lot of things got to go right for it to reach 470. And it's probably rare. It's probably, uh, it's doable, but it probably isn't going to happen. I mean, let's get real. We've seen the way this game goes. It's probably not going to happen. I mean, Seattle's probably going to just trade him before then or not pick up an option at some point. Yeah. But either way, 12 years to, I mean, this is a huge contract, a lot of incentives. I like the incentives, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's give you the option. Let's give you the ability. The You're, you're able to reach mega contract, but you got to earn it. I'm going to pay you half that. If you perform, you'll get the big contract. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know what I'm saying? I think this is a good yeah, thing. I, like I, I wish yeah. I could see more of this. I wish I could see more of this. Base salary, you're going to get paid. You want to get the big, big stuff? Prove it. Right. I'm into this. Julio struggled when he came into the league, too. A little bit younger than Cruz, but everybody has their own path. But he struggled a little bit, and he had to make adjustments, and he made those adjustments. Probably, what, 20, 30 games in, he started to perform. It's taken Cruz a little bit longer than that. This isn't a knock on Cruz, but this kind of does tell you, uh, kind of back to the, the comment that I made, like, I don't need him to be McCutcheon kind of a thing. But, um, you know, we we talk about generational talent, and we talk about guys like that. I'm just not sure that Cruz is one of those guys that's going to be in the MVP MVP race every year. He's going to be a power guy, and I just think yeah. like we're not putting Julio Rodriguez on O'Neill Cruz. No, I think there's a different. I think there's a different echelon. Eventually, you kind of hope that the Pirates find their way to get one of these guys. McCutcheon was not this level. No. You know what I'm saying? Close. He he performed at the level for a two, three-year span. He mm-hmm. performed at, a, at the level with the best of them. But not this. Not 19 years old, guaranteed. We already know he's going to be this. Like Trout. Like Harper even. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we we talked about Acuna and whether or not he was in that air. You could put him in that air if you want. He hasn't gotten the same type of treatment with the the contracts that him that these guys have gotten. But you know, but you could put him in this discussion either way, just cause the young Soto, which still kind of waiting for that contract too, but we already know. Yeah. Um or wait. Yeah. What I was thinking. Um, you know, but like Some of these guys can come out and make that. We just don't have that guy. We haven't
1: had that guy. Right. And I'm hoping, well, I think a lot of people are hoping, Tamar Johnson's going to be close to that.
0: But he already isn't. Because we knew about Bryce Harper when he was 16 years old. We knew about Julio Rodriguez when he was 17 years old. You know what I'm saying? We knew about Mike Trout. Actually, Mike Trout was a surprise a little bit. You yeah. could you could see the same thing, Tamar Johnson, and Mike Mike. I mean, not I'm not saying he's gonna be as good as Mike Trout. You I'm know, just he's, saying
1: he's you know, but he's a guy. He he left high school early to go to a ju- JUCO and was good there. But the but he Cape was drafted and,
0: what 20th? You know what I'm saying?
1: Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or no, you're talking Tamar. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no. I was I'm talking Trout. Like you know, Trout's the exception to that except you know he yeah. came up still at 19 they were like no we found a dude yeah you know what i mean but like some of these other guys like we've like adley rutchman we've known about bef- since before he got drafted now he mm-hmm. was a college guy a little bit different there but we've known right. about him mm-hmm. and i don't know man i just feel like that never those types of things just maybe tamar johnson though you do have a good point because trout like he was drafted than trout so and there was a lot of people that thought he would go high, too. So that's that's a good point. You know, maybe he could be.
1: Yeah, it's a big maybe.
0: It's a big maybe. And, it, yeah, it's a big maybe. But I, I saw a couple of the clips of him playing, and uh, I tuned into the one game. When he runs, man, he reminds me of Josh Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something about the way that he moves. I don't know. I think it was also because he was a it was the one where they pulled him out of the game just recently and the way he avoided a tag and we just remember Harrison doing that so much. Yeah. Um I don't know what my I don't know what my total point here is on this whole thing. Maybe just hey, let's chill and let Cruz do his thing. He's not Julio Rodriguez. Right. As much as we want him to be, he's just not. Um speaking of the young players and everything. Uh, MLB just uh, had an article about the best player at each position to debut in 22. Now, we've talked about this at length, all these debuts that we've had. It slowed down a little bit, but no Pirates made this list. Now, Cruz is out of that. This is just debuts. He debuted last year. He doesn't count.
1: So is Roanze. So is Uh
0: Not that, yeah, I, which... Neither one of those guys would have made this list anyway, to be honest with you. No. But just saying, um, 243 players have debuted this season so far. And I feel like that was a huge number till we looked it up. And for the last five or six years, I mean, 2020 aside, it's been around 260. Yeah. Which I feel like we'll probably get to. We already said Corbin Carroll. We already, you know, we think there's... You know, maybe three or four pirates that are still going to do it. They at least have a chance to, and there'll be others. Uh, September call ups. We'll see some more debuts. Yeah, but this is kind of normal, and we thought it was more, but it is kind of normal. And the pirates are not at the front of this list. It was
1: surprising
0: to me. It was surprising to me too. I really felt like yeah. there's maybe it's just because of the 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 impact that some of those guys have made, or maybe it's just the media's coverage of it.
1: That's a big one.
0: The excitement around it and the way that Mm -hmm. we promote it so much right now. We know these players more than we used to. I told you I wasn't going to bring this up, but there's one guy on this list that I was like, ah, I don't remember knowing that name. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: But Oakland and Cleveland have had 14 debuts, Kansas City 13, and then Baltimore Chicago Cubs, Marlins and, and Pirates with 12. Detroit and St. Louis with 11 and Philly with 10. Which I was kind of surprised to see teams. I mean, Cleveland. We that, that's well written. How young they are and and and, and their success this year. Um, mm. I was a little bit surprised to see St. Louis that close. I mean, this is a team that's in first place. Yeah, and, and getting it done with young guys.
1: Yeah, even Philadelphia. Really. Yeah, Philly Just as well. They went out and made a lot of additions. Yeah, it's a good point. To be a free agency.
0: So. It seems to be the average. And then going back to, like, 99 was still over 200. It was, like, just barely over 200 players making their debuts in 1999. So it's really not um, – it's not like this is an absurd amount of people, yeah. uh, which I thought to be interesting. However, the list is Adley Rutchman at catcher, if you weren't surprised. Jose Miranda at first base for Minnesota. That was the one name that I was kind of unsure of. Nolan Gorman, St. Louis. Brendan Donovan, St. Louis. Jeremy Peña of Houston, which is no surprise. Stephen Kwan, Cleveland, with the how many times he didn't swing and miss for so long. Julio Rodriguez, absolutely no surprise. We just saw Atlanta come to town. Michael Harris, Oscar Gonzalez in Cleveland, which is a really is just a big surprise for everyone. Um, was not even protected in the Rule Five Draft. Oscar Gonzalez ends up making his debut when they canned Fran Mel Reyes because of how well he's doing. Yeah. Um, starting pitcher, George Kirby from St. Louis and Alexis Diaz in Cincinnati, brother of Edwin, pitched against the Pirates Seattle. not too long ago. Yeah, um, what did I say?
1: St. Louis, George Kirby, Seattle, not St. Louis.
0: Oh, I said St. Louis. I meant Seattle. Yeah. yeah. So some of these, I mean, Atlanta's only had five debuts, which I would have thought would have been pretty normal, but apparently no, it's more than that. Atlanta's one of the lower ones, which makes perfect sense for Atlanta to be one of the lower ones. They're the defending champs. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, no Pirates. I really don't have anything else here. It's just the fact that like there's a lot of players doing really well who are very young as well. We are not the only team with young players. And to me, man, I hate that. Because it just makes me feel like it makes it even harder for the pirates to say, this is our plan. Dude, that's everybody's plan right now. How is that setting us apart? Right. It all has to work in order for it to work. Unless yeah. you also do other things like not get Josh Van Meter off waivers. <laughs> and I'm calling yeah. him out because that's the guy we're talking about recently. But how I mean, we just did a waivers and, and all that stuff that, you know what I mean? Like, go out and sign a legit Major League Baseball player to play around these young guys.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's our biggest problem. We Our old veteran is Brian Reynolds.
0: Yeah. He's it, not. No. He's
1: not He's, he's not a that. super
0: two arbitration guy. Yeah. We're asking Key Brian Hayes to lead a team. He came into the season with less than two years experience. Like, a lot yeah. less. Yeah. So, it's just, yeah. Need a lot of things to go right, and you can't bank on all these young guys. You just can't. But you look right. at some of these guys who are doing well. They're doing well surrounded by guys who are doing well. You know how easy it is for Nolan Gorman and Brendan Donovan to come up, play well in, in St. Louis at, when the guys ahead of you are Arenado or guys around you are Arenado, Goldschmidt, and even Tommy Edmund for that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're pros. You know what I mean?
1: You got Yachty in that dugout.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, that's not even to say Yacht and Relina and you Albert I mean? Pujols. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: It's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. But maybe that's a preview of our of our next episode, too. Uh, one more thing. I've been keeping tabs, and we'll take a break here. I need some more water. Uh, Pirates have used 60 players so far this season, second to the Angels, who've used 61. So I've just been kind of keeping tabs on that all year. We used 64 last year. Just a lot of players. When you look at it, there's a lot of teams that were doing the same thing, so it's kind of surprising. But no different this year. A lot of players. Let's take a break, get some more water. Um, Rod Carew's comments, some some Manfred stuff, and we'll talk schedule when we come back. Good. Sounds good. All right, let's take a break. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform video podcast available on youtube follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast if you're on apple podcast take a couple minutes for a review we'll be right back swearingen bat company is ohio's premier wood bat company specializing in custom wood bats to meet any need from t-ball to senior league Check out their website at swearingenbaseball.com. Link is in the show notes. Twitter and Instagram at bats. You can also find them on Facebook. Swearingen Bat Company, that's swearingenbaseball.com. Let them know you heard it here. Back here, Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Talking a lot about young players. Now let's talk about some old players. (laughs) Rod Carew, um, usually soft-spoken. Didn't really say much. Rod Carew coming out. And basically saying that they called out Manfred pretty hard at the Hall of Fame deal, the dinner or whatever that they have. I guess this is pretty common, pretty common for the Hall of Famers to kind of chat with Manfred about baseball and the state of baseball. And I guess it's usually, you know, I guess you could say it's usually some old men complaining a little bit. <laughs> uh, but this time seemed a bit different and I uh, uh, what was the line that uh, that Rod Carew wrote that he felt like um, he felt like Manfred wished there was a a trap door that he could escape from because there was so much being said by the Hall of Famers and man I just really find this interesting because typically and there's some things said about this. Typically, this is a, the things that we talk about and the things that we see, we, you know, we don't talk about outside of this, that this is our moment to kind of vent and, and speak and not be, I guess, held accountable for those things or something. I don't really know. (laughs) Or, Hey, this is an opportunity for us to share without maybe preparing everything. So that you might say something that maybe you don't really, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things. But I guess he wrote a, a specific 678-word essay about this, <laughs> saying that um, that he usually wouldn't say something, but he feels like it needs to happen. Um, let me see. One of the quotes. He tried to sweet-talk us, and we laid into him. So what is the thing here? What are they talking about? Well, it's the direction of baseball is what they were talking about. I'm sure there were a lot of things brought up. Um, But I think the general idea is that analytics are damaging the game because they're they're changing the way that players approach the game and the way that they play the game. Mm -hmm. And so this was the kind of thing, and they were really pressing Manfred to do something about it. And I can imagine, I mean, we know enough about Manfred to just imagine him trying to weasel his way out of that. (laughs) Yeah. And so let's just talk about that for for starters. Is there truth to this? Do you feel like this is old men complaining about, like, it's not the same as it used to be in my day, you know what I mean? Or do you think that there's legitimacy? I mean, we know that analytics is impacting the game. Right how much of this is damaging or is it just a or is this just the way that this is the ebbs and flows of, of culture and knowledge and you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's a little bit of both. I think, I think the only way it's really damaging is pace of play. Um, uh, expound on that. Okay. So like this shifts, they take time. The, the approach is to plate. See how many pitches we can get this pitcher to throw. Takes time.
0: That's a big one, yeah.
1: Um, Just, I don't know. There's just a lot of. There's a lot that goes into everything. Now it's not a simple. Which I'm not saying baseball is ever really a simple game, but it's a. It's supposed to be a thinking game.
0: That's a good point.
1: It's supposed. It's not a. Let me pull out my card and go stand where I'm supposed to stand. Oh. Game.
0: Wow, so that's yeah. interesting that you would go that route because when you say it's a thinking game, it does. I, I get what you're saying. Pull out a card, but so much thought had gone into that
1: by somebody other than the player playing the game. That's
0: true. That's true. Well, preparation though. You know what I mean. Like, how do you yeah, prepare? And no, I, you're, I what that. you're saying is a hundred percent right. And, I, and I'm not. I want to make sure that I'm kind of comment and like I'm just gonna share like why that was interesting to me I'm not like I get what you're saying the cards yeah I, I get that but when you say like it's a thinking game that means it you slow it down to me like that I thought that's what route you were going there like yeah but it's a thinking game sometimes you do need to step off the rubber and rethink things
1: yeah absolutely right. but but at the same time Trying to think of how to work, how.
0: how. Yeah, th- a thinking game to me pr- promotes analytics. I guess that's how I would say that. That would, to me, that would promote the analytics instead of using just your ability to get things done. Right. But this yeah. is different because it, that is, man, I didn't even think of it that way. Because what they're saying is that, that what Carew is saying is you're, you're enabling players to not use their sixth tool which is their brain. Mm -hmm. And that is really interesting because analytics to me is more like, to me, that's more of the thinking, but yeah, what, what he meant was, I'm going to tell you how to play the game. You don't know how to play the game. I'm going to tell you how to play the game. And maybe that is a good point. Maybe the cards, maybe that's, maybe that's all part of what you're saying. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. I I don't know.
0: you th- do you think in general pace of play is a problem?
1: I think it's an. I I don't want any problems. A big word. I think it's an issue.
0: Okay, because that's Manfred's whole thing. Everything he does, I feel like is is motivated by pace of play. I think he goes about it wrong.
1: Yeah, I think it's an issue, and I but I don't I don't think the way he's addressing it is appropriate.
0: Yeah. Get these guys to stop showboating and and being all about themselves. Everybody's out to promote their brand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when they get in the box, they've got this whole thing that they do. They step out. Remember Nomar Garcia par with the with the batting gloves and that stuff. Like, cut it out, dude. Yep. Get in the box and stay in the box. And I feel like that's where it all started. I mean, yeah, I could you, say that. That's just be able all to have I both remember. Feet
1: out of the box. No, unless you've swung.
0: That's it. Unless you've swung. If you haven't swung, you need to stay in the batter's box, mm-hmm.
1: at least one foot.
0: But but to move away from that because and to try to stay closer to to what is yeah. is talking about here. Um, so back to analytics. There, I'm, I I did that to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> On par. <laughs> what he's saying is is that you know you're not you're not playing your style of the game anymore as a player you're playing our style of the game now because we've we have the data to prove that it's the right way to go and so that's part of this another part of this is the the owners and the the gms those signing contracts they've began to use analytics so much to say yes there is a difference between 19 and 20 home runs Oh man, if you would have hit that 20th home run, I probably could have given you a couple extra mil, but you know, I just I don't see the value at 19 home runs. Or or you know what I'm saying, things like that. Yeah. Hey, listen, your yeah. batting average was pretty good. You hit you hit 275, but you know, your on base was only 301. I need that on base to be up over 320 if you're going to be hitting 275. So, without the on base, I I don't know if I can give you that extra 2-3 million. And what that did was drive the players to say, I'm going to focus on whatever gets me paid. If they're going to play this game, then I have to play it too. Yeah. Those are the things that maybe that is impacting, where analytics are impacting the way that these players approach the game. Instead of getting that hit that may drive in that run, that may win us that game, that may get us closer to winning the division, I'm swinging for the fences so I get paid next year. And I flew out with a guy on second instead of getting a base hit. Yeah. I'm all about me at that point. And they won't say that. No, I was trying to hit a two run homer so we could take the lead, not tie the game. Come on, man.
1: (laughs) Right. Let's worry about taking the lead
0: after we tie it. Yep. But, and we know that the game's not played that way. And I'm not even complaining that the game's played that way. For me, it's, it's just more of the idea of, of did, did analytics impact that decision, and I think it is. Mm-hmm. Analytics are, are helping choose who wins MVP more than it ever was. Yeah. And it, there's just a lot. I mean, yes, analytics are – I just don't know how much is damaging. The pace of play, the biggest thing for me, the pace of play, is the on-base percentage, the taking pitches. We talked about that earlier in the episode – Taking pitches without attacking. You used to go up there and hit the ball. Yeah. If you got a, if you got a fastball on the first pitch or the second pitch, you were hacking at it, and that was okay. You walk when the pitchers don't throw strikes. Right. Instead, we're striking out so much, be, and it, we're only striking not because we're not good. We're striking out because we're behind, and pitchers are yeah. good. And they're gonna blow you away. Yeah. I find this very interesting. I like that they, uh, what do you say? Went at Adam, we laid into him. I like that. Yeah. Because there are a lot of things that he could change. And they, they, you know, and they make note in this, in the article here on the athletic, which is where I, I first read about that. Um, you know, they, they make, uh, I, I lost my, oh, they make note about like Theo coming in and them trying to, to get rid of the shift. And, and that actually addresses one of his concerns, as you were saying, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the shift maybe takes time or maybe it's just bad. Maybe the analytics have put us in these types of positions to hit and you're not allowing dude. The biggest argument is why won't these hitters learn to go the other way analytics, right? Analytics says, don't do that. Go ahead and swing for the fence hit it hard enough, they're not going to field it either way. Right. So maybe that's the argument. I don't know what all was said there, obviously. I did not read anything that Carew wrote. I wish I would have just looked that up and read that. Um, But, you know, apparently this was a little surprising coming from him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the second question I have on this, and then I I want to move on, is – is any of this really Manfred's fault?
1: I mean, I don't know exactly how it could be.
0: Yeah. My short answer is no. Like this happened. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like he caused any of it to happen. And I don't feel like they're saying he did, but to, to even go one step further, is there a lot he can do about it? So you can, you can limit shifts. That's only a piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You can tell guys they got to stay in the batter's box or else they get a strike called on them. To me, that stinks. Right. I, something, yes, you need to do something, but like the fact that you just get a random strike, like how do you. The, you're <laughs> adding so many things to this now, like, oh, uh, automatic strike? Well, no, that's not a pitch. So it doesn't impact the pitch count or like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just a lot. Yeah. Like, how yeah. do you. And I'm sure there's ways to do it, right? And, and, and that's ridiculous of me, but but it is kind of the uh, it's kind of the idea, like how do you enforce it? What do you do? I mean, there is a balk, right? And the balk has a consequence. Call a balk on the hitter. I always try to think of when I think of these things. I always try to think of well, what already exists, right? How can we relate right. it to something right. that already exists in the game? Um, so maybe it's something like that. I don't know. Um, it's interesting, it, it is interesting. But, I, I, but yeah, I, I just don't I, know that there's a lot he can do about it. I think it comes down to front offices and, and players. Yeah. The, the players have got to do a better job. It, this, this can't be on rule changes to, to increase pace of play. Eventually the players yeah, need to admit there's you, a problem and speed up.
1: Yeah. This is how you change games. And then it's like, you're never going to get the, the old style back. You know what I mean? It's just, Oh,
0: no, yeah. And and not that you would want it, you know what I mean? Because there there is something to be said about the eras and how they played during this era and that era. And you know what I mean? Like, I I wouldn't say that. I think the pace was better then. It was more interesting. There were more people interested Mm -hmm. in it. There were more people watching. I can't believe, I used to not be able to believe people say it's boring to watch baseball. And I'm like, how is it boring? Yeah. That no longer surprises me. Right. Because first yeah, off, I, there's I so many people.
1: Person, yeah, I just tell that person, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But you got you to be thinking about everything in order to make it not boring.
0: Right. You have to be tuned in or you have to say like, I'm doing other things and this is, it's beautiful background.
1: You know what I mean? I have a hard time listening to it on a radio anymore. You said
0: that. Yeah. You said that a couple weeks ago. And maybe that, and, and maybe that's because of that. Maybe, maybe it's pace play. Maybe it's bad broadcasting. You, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. But yeah. Um, if you guys haven't uh, read some of this stuff, I know the Athletic. Um, I actually do subscribe to the Athletic, um, so I know that it's it's maybe behind a paywall. But look up the Rod Carew comments because there are other sites that that are not that way that are that are writing about this. And if you can even find what he's saying, I think it would be really interesting. And I'll probably seek that out and see if I can find out what Rod's, what Rod Carew's article um, actually was. And maybe there's a link to it, but I I will definitely look into that. But really interesting to hear the hall of famers, like um, this article mentions that there was a sense of urgency in that room. Like you need to fix this before it goes like before it hurts the game too much. Baseball's yeah. fine right now. It's not what it was, mm-hmm. but it's still okay. But the fact that it's not what it was, these Hall of Famers are saying, you need to get it back to where it was. As far as popularity, mm. you know what I'm saying? You're losing right. fans. Um, like I said, I, it's fine. But there's no doubt it's losing fans. Just not to yeah. the point where I'm worried about it. You know what I mean? But if they continue down this path, who knows? In 15 years, maybe you start worrying about the sport if it continues the way it's going. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about one of those things that they've done to try to uh, to try to improve the game, and that is the new schedule. This is the last thing we have here. Uh, overall, what do you think? I mean, less games against division. Um, we're kicking off against the Reds. I'm actually gonna if you're if you're not watching the YouTube, I'm going to share this and and you could tune into the YouTube if you want to look at the schedule along with us. But kicking it off against the Reds, it's really interesting to me after that because then it's three American League teams. Red Sox, White Sox, Astros. And the White Sox and Astros are at home. Our home opener this year is against the White Sox. That's really different. Yeah, it is. Did you realize yeah, it was first, the White Sox?
1: I didn't. I, I didn't even, I didn't pay that close attention. I just, cause I saw it was released and I kind of just went in and looked at a little bit about, Ooh, you know, what's, what's it look like? But I, I didn't even, I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. But, um, my first impression to go back to your origin, your first question there, my first impressions, I, I love it. I absolutely love that we're playing everybody. Um, We talked before this, and you know, some people don't like it that it's less divisional games. I'll tell you one thing I I don't like starting off with divisional opponents if we're only going to get so many games, but at the same time, anything that you roll out the first year of it's not going to be perfect.
0: Yeah, it doesn't work like that. And I thought about that a little bit after you said that, too. And, And as I the further I'm thinking, I don't have a problem starting off against them just because, like, those are those are big games and those are, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mind starting off like, Hey, let's get kicked off with something we're familiar with and then, you know, see how it's going. Get a look at your division early on and then maybe not for a while. You know what I mean? But this, yeah, this does feel different. Like we talked about, we don't play the reds in May, June or July. There's going to be a three-month span where we don't even see the Cincinnati Reds. And that just feels wow. weird. And I don't yeah. know how, we, we, I think we looked at it and there's probably, what, two months that we don't see them in the current schedule? So maybe it's not that different, right? <laughs> maybe it's really yeah. just not, but it just felt, I think maybe because you were paying attention to it, it does feel weird to have your home opener against an American League team, against the White mm-hmm. Sox, who we don't see very often. I don't think I care.
1: It doesn't bother me though. No,
0: it doesn't bother me. When right now in in the st- in the current layout, we have three wild card games or teams. I mean, so you should be able to stack up against the the other teams who are also going for the wild card. Mm-hmm. So you're not like two teams beating up on a bad division. So you get a lot of wins just by playing your bad division. Now you've got to earn it because you've got to play everyone. It it does give you a sense of like you have to earn your way in a little more now rather than maybe playing in a in a poor division.
1: I think it can go the other way as well. I mean, if you struggle against one specific team, that could kill your season. Yeah. You know, and it, it it may not have that quite of that effect anymore.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're a team, I mean, you could even say like the pod let's let's say the Padres for for example. They have to play the Dodgers nineteen times. Yeah, if they lose that series quite a bit, that could knock them out. So Mm -hmm. I think that kind of cheapens it a little bit. But at the same time, like when you have a powerhouse like that, I don't know. I don't know. I see. I don't. I don't. I just. I don't think it. it, it, Yeah, I don't think it makes a difference. I I just really don't. To me, it's stupid. In a way, it's stupid to say you're not the second best team because of where you exist. That's stupid. When the Pirates yeah. had the second most wins in all of baseball and the Cardinals had 100 wins and the Pirates had 98 and we had to play a one-game playoff game mm-hmm. and we were the second best team in the sport record-wise and we had to play a one-game playoff only because of our geographical location. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. So in a way I would almost want to see this say, you know what? There's an American League and a National League.
1: Just do away with divisions all Just do away with
0: them. We have an American, we have a National. The two best teams, I mean that's basically what you want to talk about going back. It was that way. There were two, there was East, there was West. At the end of the year, the two the team with the best record in the East and the best record in the West, they played to go to the World Series. That was it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm not saying do like go that, you know, don't do it like that. Like I still want to see these playoff series. I want to see them. Right. But even then it was flawed because you could have been great. You could have been the second best team and not even had a playoff game because there was one. And that was why they said it's important to beat that team. Well, in this, in this way, when you have to play everyone, then you should be stacked up against everyone. Mm -hmm. So if it's, so important to win your division, then I kind of do want a lot of games against my division because I want a chance to beat them. Yeah. I think when you do something like this, maybe you do kind of, you don't lessen the importance of winning your division, but you decrease your chance to win your division. Yeah. Because you may be, you may go 10 and three against the team who wins your division. Because they're going to get so many games against other teams that they could make up for that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if that's good or that's bad. I'm not saying one way or another. But maybe it is the beginning of something where we say, no, 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 everyone's stacked against everyone. We'll still do American and National because that's not a geographical problem. The The only issue I have with that is, you know the coasts have more money. Yeah. And so if you're constantly if, if if you're in the middle of the country and, and and you notice that those teams I mean look at the AL Central. I mean those those teams yeah. a lot of times like the winner of that division is is not very good record wise. And they're yeah. playing a lot of games against other teams who are small market teams. I don't I don't mean to say they're not good. Um but they're small market teams and the way that they operate is they have to reset. They have to offload. They have to do what the pirates are doing right now, what the Royals have been doing, what the tigers did, what, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of those teams, tigers are kind of a bad example because they've got some money. (laughs) Um, and Chicago and St. Louis as well. So those are, you know, big markets in the middle of the country. So that's, you know, different, but I don't know, man, maybe it is the beginning of some of that either way. This is pretty cool. Um, if we just look at home games just to get an idea of, like, the teams that are coming to Pittsburgh, White Sox, Astros, Dodgers in April. Uh, I just said the non-divisional games, you know. And then Blue right. Jays, Rangers. Just thinking of, like, the 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 difference of American League teams because they're all coming. We're either going or coming. Yeah. And then next year it'll be the other teams. The A's. I don't know, have the A's ever played in Pittsburgh? You know what I mean? Like that's a good question. Yeah. July brings the Guardians, which they've played, you know what I mean, several times. Um, Tigers obviously have. I'm sure that I'm sure the A's have. I mean, because we've been doing interleague long enough.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But now we're talking year in, not that there's anybody for the A's that you can't you're dying to see, but the only thing that I that I have a problem with is, is maybe the end of the season here. We are going to. So, if I go back to home and away, we're going to finish the season against the Marlins and the Phillies. Phillies, then the Marlins, our last six games. I really think now there's five teams in each division, right? So, somebody's not. Mm -hmm. But, man, I really think you should be finishing with divisional games. Yeah. Because if you're in a race, and maybe they can say, like, well, these are the better teams Yankees, Red Sox or Yankees-Rays, Yankees-Blue Jays. Like, they ought to be... Those teams ought to be playing each other. And, I mean, Baltimore now. Yeah. But those teams ought to be playing each other near the end of the season. They need, Because if you're talking about winning divisions, get yourself in position and then play those teams. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. I think it's very good for fans because fans are going to get to see a lot of players that they don't get to see. Very good for fans of those teams and also just to kind of see a, you know, everybody's got the DH now. There's a lot less to work out, mm-hmm. but to see those teams, I think it's really good. I think it's really good for obviously the owners, because now fans are going to come to see those players. Mike Trout's going to yeah. be in Pittsburgh every other year. Now he will be there every other season. He will be there. Yep. And that's pretty cool. I. Uh, for the fan yeah, and the like owner, it. it's great. For the sport, I, I just don't know that it, it it hurts all that much. Like I don't yeah. see I don't see there are changes. Yes, the dynamic has changed. To me, that piques interest. We'll have more discussions about that. Discussions are good. People if you yeah. want to grow the game, get people talking about it. it hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, not because of bad things, but you know, and right. even if they disagree with this, they're, they're talking about it and and they're talking about it with people mm-hmm. who maybe like it. You know what I mean? So the, the, the talk about, oh, I want them to hate each other. That's stupid. <laughs> people that don't like right. players palling around and there have been teams like I've heard it said that they don't want their players palling around with the other team before the game. That's stupid. That doesn't mm-hmm. change the way you play a baseball game. Not one bit. You're yeah. going to go out there and compete whether you like the guy or not. Yeah. You have your moment, right? You know what I mean? It's just not a thing.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys train with each other now. They, There's a lot more to it now.
0: There's a lot more player movement than there used to be. It yeah. was one thing. you were When you were signed with a team, you were with that team until they decided you did, they didn't want you anymore. Mm-hmm. Ever since free agency, it has gradually changed and changed and changed. And now you're only with a team for five years. And then you're moving on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's everyone. That's not just in Pittsburgh. Right. You're just not going to. Sure, I'm going to fight you. Who knows? And if you're not great, maybe next week you get traded or DFA'd. And then you're playing on that guy's team that you just fought with. I mean, the the Donaldson Garrett Cole thing is a very good example. Mm -hmm. They were talking smack on each other, back and forth on the media things. And all of a sudden, they're playing on the same team. And they got to push that thing under a rug. And it was a thing. Right?
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That's why that doesn't happen all the time now. It's okay. You don't have to hate people. That's stupid. That's a stupid thing to say. And if that is, like, if you want to say, like, I want that to be a gritty, you know, then don't play each other 19 times in a year. (laughs) You notice the less chances you get, the more important those chances are. Right. So maybe this increases the importance of those games because you don't have a time. You don't have time to make it up. You got to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, enough about that one. Who do we got coming up here? Let's wrap this thing up. Brewers to finish out August, get this month away from us. <laughs> Unfortunately, we follow that up with a day off Thursday, and a midday game on Wednesday. A little two ten action. I like that, and then we go play the Blue Jays uh, for the weekend, Labor Day weekend. Go go on Sunday and get your beanie, kids. I wonder if
1: we have anybody not vaccinated.
0: Well, it's in Pittsburgh.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Yeah,
0: it's in Pittsburgh. So, free shirt Friday, and that Hall of Fame game is is Saturday.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I should have known that.
0: So Saturday night, the Hall of Fame game. Not to mention Ohio State Notre Dame.
1: <laughs> Go Bucks!
0: That's a big. That's a big game. Uh, I don't care who you are. Anyway. Uh yeah. I mean those are two teams going for postseason, so keep grinding. Yeah. Maybe we'll see Jack Jack Sewinski there. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be fine. Yeah. Maybe he just needed to get called back up. <laughs> you got anything else for tonight?
1: Uh no, not really. All I'm right, man. See. I, I'm, I'm hoping to see Jack come back up and hit the ball well.
0: Yeah, me too. Oh, I mean, obviously. But like we've got to I see it. Switzky. That's yeah. the thing. We've gotta see it. We gotta see him play. Yeah. I I think more on that next week. I think mm-hmm. I think we already know. We've already talked about it a little bit. We're gonna talk a little bit about what we expect to see moving towards the month of September and into the offseason and what we need to see.
1: Yeah. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks.